I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to Snacks with Stein. Let's do it. everyone. This is Snacks with Stein, show number 12, and it's day 5 million of quarantine, shelter in place. I don't know what day of the week it is or even what month it is anymore, but we're happy to be here and we hope that by this drop date, we're all able to go outside and breathe air, something, (laughs) go to the mall, have Starbucks, tea, I don't know, just not be in her house. So Christy, how's life in Colorado? Are you full on pioneer woman? Is that, um, is that your jam? Yes. <laughs> I I believe I was there before. It's just really sobering when, you know, quarantine doesn't bring a lot of changes. There's a reason we live remotely. We do enjoy being alone where it's quiet and However, I'm also kind of a in and out shopper kind of gal, and I don't like a lot of BS. Like I want to get what I need to get and get out, and that is completely off the table now, which sucks. So I've actually gone to grocery pickup. But yeah, I don't trust people to do their jobs. The grocery thing is a big deal for me because I cook pretty much every meal. Um, but but I tried it a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was very successful. Good. Literally five minutes. I backed up. They put everything in the car. He signed the tablet for me. He did not come more than six feet from me the whole time. And I was gone. Nice. It was so easy. So I'm doing it again. I'm going again on Friday. Well, I think I'm going again on Friday. It just started snowing. Oh. And I think we're supposed to get seven or eight inches. Oh, wow. Well, that's in town. So that means I'll probably Hmm. get 15. Oh, Hopefully you're yeah. stocked up then in case you can't head out too. Oh, we always are. Like, we're a family of hunters and our <laughs> freezer is always full. Good. And I'm one of those people that buys ahead, so it's yeah. not a big deal. You're Except there, there is going to be a place where we're going to run out of toilet. Like, <laughs> I don't think it's here, but I don't <laughs> want it to get here. Yeah. So it's like, just a damn minute. Like, I didn't hoard anything. Like... But legitimately, right. pretty soon, I should probably buy some toilet paper. These are things we don't hoard either. So we're like, the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. We have enough. Like, we're doing okay. We luckily yeah. got in. We got in and got an order right before the chaos, I think. Because I was scared. And I was like, no, we should just buy some on Amazon right now. I don't even care if we're not in shelter in place yet. Just do it. Just buy it. And so we did. And luckily, we're okay. But we couldn't find paper towels for like a week. We're like, cool. And we still well, can't find Clorox wipes. The second people start flushing those, you're all fucked. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's already happening in some places, like with the Clorox wipe, because you're an idiot who flushes them. And I'm like, it says on there, don't. <laughs> oh, we have a septic tank. Like, it would be, mm. it would be horrible. Like, learn to read. <laughs> or learn to read it's even a picture I think it's a picture of a man putting it over a toilet with a sign <laughs> it's, just, it's even a picture it's not even a word it's a picture 
Reading is not required. Reading is not required for this. We'll see. I'm hoping that it's one of those things that like comes back. Because like in those first few weeks, meat was kind of hard to find. The bread was all gone, whatever. And -hmm. then people settled down a little Mm -hmm. bit. And now all that stuff is pretty well stocked. Like there's, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's still about six things though that you're not going to find. Like you're not going to find hand sanitizer. You're not going to find Clorox wipes. You're not going to find toilet paper, flour. And then, um, there was a run on yeast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my mom was shopping for flour and she's like, all the bake stuff was gone. Then it dawned on me. Oh, everyone's baking at home. And I'm like, yep. That's why all the baking stuff is gone. It's weird how things like, cause she was looking for like frosting a couple weeks ago, just like canned frosting, wiped out. And I'm like, I bet everyone's having to suddenly bake cakes now. <laughs> oh, the Corona for- 40 is gonna be a thing. Yeah. Like it is everything I can do not to gain all the weight I've lost back. I know. I've been trying to be good and stick to like my normal little schedule of food and like so far we've been I've been doing okay and like making sure I get like my full liter of water a day has been like my biggest goal like drink your damn water because you're sitting at home. It really helps like and and Mm -hmm. if you have kids at home that you're trying to homeschool now um, because I know it's different in different states Mm -hmm. my kids do distant uh, distance learning they went to a fancy schmancy charter school they are serious about distance learning and mm. the amount of stuff that they assign to my second and fourth grader on a daily basis literally requires us to do school and nothing but school from like nine to three wow. every day. And it is Our super sport. hard to keep them really engaged because yeah. it's cool, your buddies are around it's a group thing mm-hmm. but when mom's sitting next to you yelling at you about how <laughs> fractions are done it's not as much fun but i bought us all um water cups with straws and lids nice. and so that's the first thing that we do in the morning is we fill up everybody's water cup everybody gets vitamins if we start off that way mm-hmm. we have a totally different day than if we forget yeah, I think that's what it was. I think we were half dehydrated. Yeah, for sure. I know, I'm sure my boyfriend was because he drinks a lot at work, you know, because he's in construction. So he, you know, is drinking more often at work and he's not drinking here and he wasn't feeling good. And I was like, you're probably mildly dehydrated. For the first week, I felt like garbage because I wasn't having my espresso every day. And I was like falling asleep in the middle yeah. of a sentence. I was like, I'm dying. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Oh, if the coffee goes out of stores... Quarantine is over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's true. We're taking no. our chances. We're done. Because I have, I am addicted. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I need it. I go to Starbucks pretty much every day on the way to work. And so it's been like hell for me. And I know it's a petty problem. But <laughs> I'm like. Yeah. No, it's It's a routine. And it's like mm-hmm. we didn't want the change anyway. But when you add an addictive chemical to that. We're all making sacrifices. <laughs> well, I I am not uh, having coffee or latte for your story today. I'm having a what I affectionately refer to as a fat kid snack because yes. I had a shitty day of exploding sewing machines <laughs> and homeschool and all kinds of other shit that I, like it was just today was my day today was my yeah. uphill day i spilled shit on me oh no um yeah so 
I am having a plate of leftover fries from dinner, Ooh. but I am dipping them in ranch dressing. Yes. And I'm not sorry. Don't so sorry. fair. <laughs> Never apologize for snacks on this channel. <laughs> oh, although I have an announcement. May I make an announcement? Yes. Okay, so in my grocery order that I am supposed to pick up on Friday, I have included the ingredients to make at home Dole Whip. Yeah, And I do not believe that it is going to be as good, <laughs> but I am going to save it, some of it. <laughs> <laughs> For the next time we record, <laughs> I will let you know how the at-home Dole Whip is. Are you ready? I am ready. Please tell uh, me a story. I'm going to have my okay. fat kid snack. I'm going to let you take <laughs> me away. Okay. All right. So tonight we have You Can't Scare Me. And I chose this book. Because my boyfriend actually picked it out for me as a quarantine activity. I said, hey, pick some books out of the bag for me. <laughs> so, and he chose this one for the cover specifically. Because when he used to do a lot of landscaping work, he looked like a mud monster. And this cover is full of creepy mud monsters coming out of a swamp. So that's Ew. very classic Goosebumps art. And it was published in 1994, which is a little bit of a quote-unquote older one, and cost $3.95. I don't think I read it as a kid. I have no recollection of it as I was going through. And the tagline is, they're coming for you. Our story starts on the class field trip. We're introduced to Courtney and her best friend, Denise. Courtney is first in line for the bus because she's always first in line. She's just that kid. It was a dark, cloudy day, which is not the best field trip weather, but the kids are just happy to be getting out of school. You push your friend hat, yes I said hat, like what you wear on your head, <laughs> whose real name is Herbie, into the kid in front of you, and he turns around scowling. And side note, Hat has this nickname and is referred to by Hat the entire story, so get ready. Because Do we get a backstory? Okay, yeah. Yes, because he is always wearing a baseball hat. You, you have never seen this kid's head of hair ever in life. Well, his he name is Herbie, so he and, had to do something. He, right. His name is Herbie. He was screwed from the start. So you're in line with your friend Hat. You push him into the kid in front of you, and that kid turns around scowling. Don't blame me. Eddie pushed me, and I swallowed my gum. So now we meet Eddie. So this is a little confusing. So Eddie is technically our protagonist. He's going to carry us through the rest of the story, but Courtney and Denise are important, so keep that in mind. The kids are heading to Green Forest to look for trees, they think. Eddie spots his other friends, who are twins, Molly and Charlene. So we have Eddie, Hat, Molly, and Charlene. Those are our four main kids. Okay. 
He offers to protect them when they're deep in the forest, but they just tease him and remind him of the time he was afraid of a worm. Eddie is used to being teased. He has freckles and red hair, aka a Weasley. Yay! <laughs> and, it, and it makes him a very easy target. Once on the bus, Courtney and Denise have taken their typical places in the front because they always get the front. And Courtney is using the window as a mirror and brushing her long blonde hair. Pat snags the window seat from Eddie and the bus is on its way to Green Forest. Courtney and Denise spot a deer. Of course they would. And the girls also claim to have seen a bat. And Eddie doesn't understand why they're taking this task so seriously. Eddie tries to push Hat into some poison ivy, but he dodges him and Eddie hits the ground instead. He's brushing himself off when he spots it. The snake. It's big, green, and bearing its fangs. Bracing for the bite, Eddie opens his eyes and Courtney is standing over him. You're not afraid of this, are you? It's a harmless green snake. <laughs> Denise is snickering behind her. I wasn't really scared, Eddie stammers, but she definitely doesn't believe him. Pat lets out a high-pitched laugh and Courtney sets the snake free in the grass. Molly, Charlene, and Hat try to make Eddie feel better, but they don't do a very good job of it and basically say they'll be making fun of him for this for the next 100 years. Awesome friends. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> I think they're in sixth grade, so they're in that, like, teasing sort of phase anyway. Well, and apparently they just, like, run to their local jungle and one yeah. of them is like, hey, look at me, I'm a snake handler. After this, Eddie's day is ruined. He's hot, gnats are flying in his face, and the bus is looking like a much-needed escape. But nobody is boarding the bus. The other students are all crowded in a circle, and someone calls out, It's Courtney! Has something terrible happened to her? Nope. Nothing terrible happened to Courtney. Darn. She was just showing off again. Two bumblebees were dancing across her palm and walking up and down her arm. And all Eddie can think is, please sting her. Please. <laughs> Courtney insists that the bees are really gentle and asks if anyone else wants to try. Obviously, nobody volunteers for this task. Then she shouts, here, Eddie, catch, and throws the bees at him. And I said, who throws bees? <laughs> what? So we're throwing bees. <laughs> okay. So Eddie screams and jumps backward. One of the bees falls to the ground and the other flies onto the front of Hat's hat. <laughs> and the two of them are running around to avoid being stung, which is not a good idea. Their teachers finally decide to call the field trip over and get everyone back on the bus. Eddie, Hat, Charlene, and Molly go to the bench in the way back. As they head down the aisle, kids are buzzing like bees or hissing like snakes, just being assholes. Eddie needs to find a way to scare Courtney, but she's fearless. 
They've stopped at a red light and Eddie notices that they're at the exit of the woods that leads to Muddy Creek. And he suggests that maybe she's afraid of the mud monsters. There is a legend in town that the mud monsters live under the banks of the creek and when the moon is full, they rise up looking for victims to drag into the mud. The others laugh. There is no way she is afraid of some old fairy tale. Hack asks if Eddie's brother, Kevin, is still making his movie about the mud monsters. And he still is, but he still won't let Eddie be in it because what if the real mud monsters come up after you? They all laugh at Eddie's expense and return to the topic of scaring Courtney. It had to be in front of a bunch of people or they'll never get revenge for this day. Still not sure why they don't like Courtney, but they don't. This is a recurring theme throughout. They just don't like well, it. Is this an ongoing thing where they always try and scare each other? Or is it just like, this happened on the field trip, and now we're going to try to one-up each other? I think he has chip on his shoulder. And so this was the catalyst for like, gotta get bitch now. <laughs> you know? Right. I'm over her. So Molly says that her brother has a disgusting rubber snake. It's big, black, and slimy, so it even feels like a real snake. Then Eddie reminds Molly that Courtney is not afraid of snakes. She just held one and likes to pet them. But Molly insists that this one is so scary, it would even frighten a real snake. She says she knows which drawer her brother keeps in at home, and she'll just borrow it. But Eddie still isn't sure how they are going to scare her. Then it all comes to them hide it in her lunch bag. They head off the bus with big grins on their faces. The lunch bags were kept on a low shelf in the classroom, and they generally always ate in class since their school was too small for a cafeteria. Courtney's lunch was easy to spot because it was the biggest one. For some reason, her mom packed her two lunches, even though there was no way she would ever eat it all, but it turned her into a hero at lunchtime when she shared with the kids who got crappy lunches. By the time Eddie got to school, the lunches had already started filling up the shelf and he saw Courtney's overstuffed bag. But did Molly plant the snake? Then he spots Molly, who is bright red and darting nervous glances his way. She had succeeded. Eddie can't concentrate on any of his schoolwork. He is too busy watching the clock. Then it finally hits lunchtime. This was it. The group grabs their lunches and waits in silence, watching Courtney and Denise from across the room. Then a low moan comes from behind them. It's Mr. Melvin, their teacher, and he says he forgot his lunch today. Courtney calls out to him, that's no problem, you can have some of mine. The group freezes. Mr. Melvin had already started to open Courtney's bag. His eyes have a strange, bewildered look, and then he lets out a shriek and drops the bag and the snake to the floor. Ah! Molly was right. It did look real, and Courtney pushes Mr. Melvin out of the way and begins to stomp. Loud, heroic stomps until she holds up the snake in two pieces. 
she had stomped off its head. Corky sounds like a badass. Like she's I sharing know. lunches with kids that don't have any. She's like stomping snakes in half. <laughs> she's a bee whisperer. Right. You're all up. Like, I'm on board. I'm on board with her. Molly is likely going to be murdered by her brother. And they still didn't scare Courtney. Instead, they just made her a hero. They decide to have a meeting later that night to come up with a better plan for their revenge. <laughs> Pat suggests that they need something alive to scare her. Eddie isn't sure what that means, but doesn't have time to ask, because his neighbor, Mrs. Rudolph, is running toward them, looking frightened. Eddie, please, you've got to help me. Mrs. Rudolph was pointing up at the sky. It's Muttley, my cat. He got out and somehow got into this tree. He never climbs trees. I have to pause here and say Muttley is the worst name for a cat. I'm just gonna Muttley. It sounds like a dog. Like, mm. what's the best cat name you've ever heard? There's, been, there's a cat I follow on Instagram, and her name is October, <laughs> and I love her. <laughs> it might have October to be October, <laughs> and she's black and like fluffy, and I just yeah. I read. Uh, oh Lord, it's the. What is oh. the guy's Cassandra Clare? Oh, the Shadow that, um, Hunters. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, they made a movie and then they made a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I read all the books before all that happened. Yeah, I only and the read war- the book. The warlock guy in that that series is a he's he has a cat named Chairman Meow. Oh yeah, that's good. I love it. There's lots of good cat names. I follow Sorry, this. I digress. Cat. No, it's good. I follow other family of cats. And they're all these, those ginger, like, squished face ones. I'm obsessed. And (laughs) I think they live in Scotland. I'm not sure. They live somewhere not in America. And they all have Scottish names. And so it's, like, Rufus, Angus, (laughs) Magnus. I love it so much. (laughs) And then the one one girl is Lady Claire. And so they're also (laughs) my favorite. And they just got Magnus and the other one. And Magnus is somehow, like... 30 times fluffier than all of the other ones. I'm like, what happened to this cat? Like, you guys get these fancy breeder cats, and he just looks like a poof ball. Like, he's ridiculous. <laughs> Give us a list on the Facebook of yes. cats to follow. Yes, they will. I will do a okay. Facebook cat list. I want, I want to follow these cats. Recommended cats. Okay, so back to this. Muttley, not a good cat name, is in the tree. Can you please climb up and get him, Eddie? Please. But Eddie hated climbing trees. He always ended up with splinters or scrapes and was pretty afraid of heights. But Mrs. Rudolph is pleading for him to hurry and insists that he has to be good at climbing trees. He's a boy. I mean, come on, you climb trees. Eddie is just trying to stall and says something about how high up Muttley is and confesses he's a little afraid of heights. Mrs. Rudolph glares disgustingly at Eddie. I guess I better call the fire department and turns to jog back to her house. Then a girl's voice cries out, it's Courtney with her slick red racing bike. Dropping her bike, she hurries over to them and Mrs. Rudolph tells her what happened to Muttley. Oh, don't worry, I'll get him down. 
Courtney hugs the tree trunk and shimmies her way up, grabs Muttley in one fell swoop, and effortlessly lands back on the ground. Mrs. Rudolph turns her gaze to Eddie and her smile fades. At least someone in this neighborhood is brave. Eddie feels horrible. He wants to sink into the dirt with the worms and never be seen again. When I was thinking, cool, good job. You saved the cat. Yeah, like there's a lot of bullshit jealousy happening here. Right? Uh, however, it was a weird move for the old lady to shame him like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, maybe you should call the fire department since it's your fucking cat. Or get up the tree yourself. I don't know. Right. But, yeah, Courtney's kind of a badass. And I feel bad right? because the only thing she does wrong is be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then she's kind of gloaty about it. But, like, it's not like she's like, nah, 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 nah. Like, you know, she's just like, look what I did. Like, I would be the same way. I would be like, I did it. And you didn't Even do it. Even if she didn't have the emotional maturity to try not to rub it in their face. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like. Should you always, like, fall over yourself and, like, bow and scrape when you do stuff that's good? No. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be an asshole, but she should be proud of herself. She Mm -hmm. she rescued a cat. Yeah. She didn't even think about it. She just got off her bike and was like, hey, I'm going to help. You know? Right. Exactly. Right. And the group is even more determined than ever to scare her. Then Hat suggests. How about a tarantula down her back? So Mr. Dolinger, their science teacher, kept two tarantulas in the science lab. Pat, yeah. We're not even going to talk about them. Just kidding. We're going to skip this chapter entirely. No, no, do it. I'm just going to react with sounds. (laughs) Pat and Eddie decided they would sneak in after school on Thursday, take one, and hide it in Eddie's locker overnight. At gym the next morning, they would get Molly and Charlene to talk to Courtney and Denise, keeping them in just the right position below a balcony. From the balcony, Pat and Eddie would drop the spider on her head, and she would scream, cry, and hopefully get it tangled in her hair in front of the whole class. Pat and Eddie waited for school to empty out, and they made their way to the science lab. Eddie calls out for Mr. Dollinger just to make sure he wasn't there, and they go inside. They notice that the supply closet door was left open, and that means he is planning to come back. Pat spots the box the tarantulas are kept in. Pat wants to grab the big one, as it would make a great plop sound when it hits Courtney's head. They open the cage and realize they have nothing to put it in. Then Eddie spots a plastic container that should work. He quickly pokes some holes in it, and without flinching, Hat reaches in and grabs the spider. They get the spider into the plastic container, and it's not happy. The lid is just about shut when Eddie hears footsteps outside the door. Tarantulas, gross. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I don't want to hurt one. No, either. No. I'm like, just leave it alone. Just let it live its life. Bye. Yeah. Like (laughs) Like a good neighbor, stay over there. Exactly. So they hear the noise outside. Mr. Dollinger is back. Quick, the supply closet. 
There's room enough for them both in there and they won't be spotted. They squeeze themselves inside and get the door shut just as Mr. Dollinger walks in. He's humming to himself, shuffling papers, closing drawers. Eddie and Hat are just holding their breaths, hoping that he doesn't open the closet. Just turn off the damn lights and leave. Then the light switch flicks and the room is silent. He's gone. Eddie is looking for a latch or something to open the door from the inside. But there's nothing. They are locked in. Then Eddie looks down and notices that the container for the tarantula doesn't have the lid. Which means there is also no tarantula. Nope. Eddie tries to tell Hat the tarantula has escaped, but he can't get the words out of his throat. Then he feels a prickling on his leg. (laughs) (laughs) Tiny pinpricks that just go higher and higher. Hat, the tarantula is crawling up my leg, croaks Eddie. Have you ever had a tarantula crawl on you? No! It's pretty weird. It's weird. My friend had a tarantula and I just did it because I was like, didn't want to be a, a baby. And they feel like little, like their feet feel like little tiny. They do feel like pinpricks. Like little, like if you take a little safety pin or something and like touch it on yourself, that's really what they feel like. It's really, it's weird. No. Negative. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had oh, so dumb. Have I told Have I told the story before about the Madagascar hissing cockroach? I don't remember that. Okay, so I took entomology in college mm. because I needed that credit, mm-hmm. and because it was supposed to be kind of fun. Because the weird guy running it was kind of weird, mm-hmm. and I did. I was not aware that our big part of our grade was a project where we had to take home a Madagascar hissing cockroach. Uh, And if you are unaware, go ahead and Google it. Uh, These little demons are like three or four inches long. So gross. Whenever you see a movie where there's a giant cockroach, that is a Madagascar hissing cockroach. And the reason they are called... Madagascar hissing cockroaches is they have little holes all over their body (laughs) that when they are threatened, they blow air out of the holes and they literally hiss at you. I literally, like my hair is literally standing up. (laughs) I can't. So we got to take these home and we were supposed to do all these experiments with them that required us to like take them out of their box and I made all that shit up. I put my cockroach in the closet. I dropped it some water every couple weeks. And at the end, I turned that sucker in without having ever, like, and I made every bit of it up. I would have had to do the same. Like, uh, no, (laughs) no way. I think I have this image of all those horrible movies full of them. So I'm like, ugh. Like that good sketch in the original Creep Show when the guy gets mm-hmm. like overtaken by bugs. Like, oh my lord! Like that's like my biggest fear. At want. least like, they don't fly. Yeah. Oh my god. If they flew, 
I don't even know. <laughs> no, but they do have giant freaking feelers on the front that just bob up and down. And my bark. It's super creepy. It's so, sorry. My bark. It's so- <laughs> sorry. Okay, go. Okay, so I don't. Okay, so the tarantula is crawling up Eddie's leg. <laughs> Still, Eddie could feel the tarantula's warm, hairy body. It's going to bite me. Just don't move, Hat warns. Don't move. I have to get out of here. And without even thinking, Eddie pushes his shoulder into the door with all of his strength and with a loud pop goes tumbling out. He scrambles to his feet, shaking his leg furiously, and finally the tarantula falls to the floor. Hat lurches over it and with one swift motion, holds the tarantula high in the air and places it into the container. It's the next day, and Hat and Eddie have gotten Molly and Charlene on board with their part of the plan. The boys take their places while everyone else changes for gym class. The scene is set. They spot Courtney, Molly, and Charlene, who are slowly backing her into position under the balcony. Mr. Russo, the gym teacher, is on the other side of the court, so he shouldn't be a problem. Just a few more feet, and they would have done it. Courtney was in position. Hat opened the container and didn't hesitate. He raised himself over the edge, held the tarantula over the side, took aim, and let it fly. You missed, screamed Eddie. But poor Molly is screaming louder. The tarantula had landed directly onto her head with a sickening plop. Molly is freaking the fuck out, tearing at her own hair, and the rest of the class has no idea what is wrong. Eddie lets out a sigh of relief as Molly finally gets the spider untangled and tosses it to Charlene, who screams top of her lungs and tosses it between her palms like a hot potato before letting it fall to the floor. I hate spiders, but I feel bad for it at this point. I know. Bite all of them. (laughs) Bite all the kids. Yes. Eddie peers over the edge of the balcony just in time to see Courtney calmly reach down and pick up the tarantula. Students gathered around her in awe as she held it in her palm close to her face, whispering words to it and stroking its back. Just like the bees and the snake, she assured everyone that they rarely bite, and if they do, it really doesn't hurt. She asks where the tarantula came from, and Molly shakes her fist up at the balcony, glaring at Hat and Eddie, who duck out of sight before Courtney can see them. Let's get out of here, he whispers to Hat, but the nightmare isn't over. Mr. Russo was waiting at the balcony entrance, and he told them to head downstairs for a nice long talk. Eddie and Hat's punishment was to stay after school for two weeks to clean the science lab and write a thousand-word essay about how what they did was wrong. Molly and Charlene were also not speaking to either of them. Courtney deserves to be scared out of her wits. But how? 
Eddie is sitting on the edge of his bed, head in his hands, when he realizes he's not alone. Raising his eyes to the doorway, he sees the tall, lean monster coming toward him, face dripping with blood. Kevin, get out of here. You're dripping mud all over my floor. It's not real mud, of course, but Eddie doesn't care. Do you know what I'm seeing in my head when you keep saying mud monster, even though it doesn't really look that much alike? <laughs> Do you remember um, Spaceballs? Yes! <laughs> With uh, Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut. <laughs> <laughs> he tells Eddie that he and his friends scared some little kids in the woods, woods that afternoon, and the video was almost finished. He might even let Eddie watch it when it's done. Eddie once again asks Kevin if he could please be in the video, but Kevin still refuses. He knows Eddie will lose his shit being out in the woods alone with the three mud monsters. So he decides to ask Kevin for advice on how to scare someone. What about a dog? Eddie isn't sure at first, but then he starts to picture Courtney walking down the street when she hears growling and barking in the distance. She isn't sure what it is, and then it comes into view. The biggest, meanest, loudest, angriest dog that ever lived. So we're talking like Cujo status type dog. Wow, With a, it's the beast. It's the beast, yes. This is the best idea ever. Now, who does he know with a vicious dog? Yeah, we, mm, you can't see me, but my mouth is hanging open just a little bit. Like, can we check right? on Eddie? Somebody check on Eddie. Eddie's, mm, We need to talk about him. Seriously. Yeah. Again, we're further into this conundrum of like, God, I really hate this kid. Well, I'm trying to think, okay, like, are we being unfair? Because we, right. this is what we do. We're like, we pick these books apart. We make fun. We have a good time. But like. And, and it's totally not, like, everybody has little fantasies about people they hate. They're right. like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. However, that's not, like, the basis to formulating a plan mm-hmm. that could be possibly <laughs> executed. Like, that's a, that's a different level. Right. And they've gone through, like, three sets of plans now. Like, they're like, okay, we're going to scare her with this snake. We yeah. tried to kill her with a tarantula. Can and now we're going to kill her with a dog. for, like, Cub Scouts or, like, maybe <laughs> baseball? Like, we need to channel that. Once energy. again, once again, we ask ourselves, as we always ask ourselves, where are their parents parents. (laughs) yes so now it's the weekend and the gang are spending the afternoon in charlene's backyard playing with the new croquet set molly still hadn't forgiven eddie for the tarantula incident but they wanted to hear about this new big plan hat is in agreement that the big dog could be really scary but none of them know anyone with a giant wolf or a six-foot-tall Doberman. Then Charlene chimes in, I guess my dog Buttercup could do it. Seriously, Charlene, Buttercup is a big doofus. Then a teasing, <laughs> then a teasing smile forms on her face, insisting they give Buttercup a chance, and she calls him over. Buttercup is a big, fluffy St. Bernard who, by all accounts, wouldn't hurt a fly. Clouds start covering the little bit of sun they have left, and everything gets very eerie and still. 
Charlene starts whistling to Buttercup, sharp, shrill tones, and he reacts immediately. His tail is pointing straight back, ears up at attention. Then he begins to growl and bare his teeth. His low growls turn into a vicious snarl. Buttercup, get Eddie, kill, kill, screams Charlene. Eddie screams and falls backwards into the hedge. He raises his arms to cover his face and braces for impact. But when he opens his eyes, Courtney has her arms around Buttercup's neck and kisses him on the forehead. Gotcha. That was payback for the tarantula. It's funny because we have a St. Bernard that lives like two houses down from us and he's the sweetest ever. But so I was like picturing him in my mind the whole time. But oh, I love, man. They're big I love babies. They are big babies. But so much hair. Buttercup wanders off to the backyard and the kids resume their game, but they're more interested in how they are going to use the dog to scare the crap out of Courtney. Molly is a little hesitant and wants to make sure that Buttercup wouldn't really hurt anyone. And Charlene insists he stops spazzing out as soon as she stops whistling. Eddie suggests that they scare Courtney at the treehouse in Muddy Creek. She and Denise spend a lot of time there, and it's full of good hiding places. But Molly still isn't on board. She thinks the creek is too secluded and wants more people to see Courtney get scared. Eddie argues, who cares other people see? They will see, and they can spread the rumor to everyone at school. And again, this is when I go, the fuck is wrong (laughs) with these kids? (laughs) Awful. Like, stop. It's not like Courtney Courtney did not spread a rumor about them, as far as we know. She was just, like, doing her own thing, whatever, you know? Okay, I really am going to be pissed if this doesn't end with the mud monsters, like, eating all these little shits. (laughs) They'd be like, yes, eat them. (laughs) And, like, Courtney gets ice cream. Yeah, Courtney gets all the ice cream in the world. She wins a year's supply of ice cream. (laughs) The next day... It rained, and it rained for the entire week. But by Saturday, the sun had finally decided to come out. So they grabbed Buttercup and headed to the woods. They knew Courtney had to be at the treehouse. She had to be there. It's a fairly warm day, and because they're dumb kids, they didn't bring water or snacks or anything. And Charlene is having a little trouble getting a good loud whistle but it doesn't seem to phase Buttercup. As they head further in, the shadows are changing everything to a rich purple hue, and it's actually a really beautiful place. Buttercup was being difficult, AKA a dog, and stopped to smell every last thing in the forest. (laughs) So we have two dogs. I know, we have two dogs and one wants to just walk and walk and walk and the other is like that and wants to smell everything so the other one is always being like come the fuck on like let's go yeah (laughs) it's funny but they have to walk together it's like they it's they don't know what to do we've got to walk together but we also can't walk at the same pace it's like they're a mess oh i don't (laughs) think i can walk ours together luna is an asshole like she'll (laughs) Because uh, Patches is like you know eight or nine years old, Luna's only mm. like a year, oh, so Luna's she like she mm-hmm. if we get them out together. Like she's like, all right, so we kill each other now. Is that what we do? <laughs> we do right now. <laughs> Now's good. 
now it's good. Okay, let's walk a few feet. How about now? Now? (laughs) Patches is just like, God. He just has this old man look on his face. Like, he hates her so much. (laughs) Buttercup is taking forever. So Eddie wants to break off and leave the girls and Hat behind and get as close as he can to the treehouse. But he hands Hat a brown paper bag that he had been carrying, but won't tell him what's inside. It was going to be a surprise. So Eddie gets closer to the, and closer and notices that much of the dirt nearby is covered with footprints. And he thinks they must be from Kevin and his friends shooting their monster movie. Then he hears two girls' voices. Denise and Courtney are heading toward the treehouse. Eddie runs back to join the others and lets them know they are here and ready to be scared. Charlene pulls Buttercup to his feet and Eddie reveals his surprise. A can of shaving cream. Let's smear this on his mouth so it looks like he's foaming. This will really scare them. Eddie smears some of the shaving cream onto his hand when they all hear a rustling sound behind them. A squirrel has appeared between a break in the grass, and Buttercup heard it too. Like a rocket, he takes off after the squirrel, leaving Eddie face first in the dirt and Charlene screaming for him to come back. Good. Goodbye, Buttercup. <laughs> Run Be for free. You deserve Run. better. <laughs> Run free. Run. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, okay, so now you're going to abuse a dog? Like, I'm so done. Like, I'm done. I was done. Well, what, I mean, would the shaving cream hurt him? I don't think so, but it could be toxic. I don't know. It's the 90s. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. That's true. Just terrible. It's stupid. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. It is stupid. But I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I err on the side of caution that it might have been toxic. In my mind, but. you know, Buttercup is this big, like, loping, like, right. I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, he's I'm definitely like... a baby. He likes kisses yeah. and love and yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now let's get to the part where they get eaten. Yes, we're almost there. Eddie runs as fast as he can to catch up with his friends, who are all scattered in search of Buttercup. Charlene has a worried expression on her face. She can't bear to think of losing Buttercup. They all split up because at this point, nobody knows where poor Buttercup could have gotten to. This forest is really big. Eddie cannot believe that he messed up so badly. What an irresponsible dog. That was actually a line in the book. He blamed the dog. He blamed the dog. (laughs) Never blame the dog around me, ever. He's just a little shit. Like, he, he, needs, is. he needs to get in trouble. Eddie isn't paying close enough attention to where he's walking, and he heads into a bush full of brambles. One pierces his wrist, and a small droplet of bright... <laughs> yes. And a small droplet of bright red blood peeks through the skin. He doesn't have time to tend to his wounds, and starts to realize that he has gotten himself lost. The ground beneath him is starting to turn soft and muddy. Eddie calls out for Hat, Charlene, or Molly, but gets no response. He is officially lost in the woods. Then he hears them. Heavy footsteps and crunching leaves. Buttercup, is that you? A dog steps into view, 
and Eddie is staring into glowing red eyes. The eyes of an enormous, vicious-looking black dog. It lowers its head, lets out a deep growl, and prepares to strike, heading straight for Eddie's throat. Never-ending story, like the wolf. Is it? Is it that the, uh, is that the nothing? What's no, his name? it's um. He has a name. What the, uh, <laughs> no, it's and it's it. Oh, What's I'm his sorry. name? Atreyu does so much yelling, and I'm trying to remember him yelling it. <laughs> wolf and never. He does so much never. yelling. He really does. He, does. he yells a lot. He's he's struggling though. Like he's... it's Gamork. Gamork. Oh, Gamork. Okay, that's all I was picturing here was that guy. Because all I could picture like a wolf with red eyes, like just out of nowhere. Yeah, that's what I was getting. He scared the shit out of me as a kid. As a side note, <laughs> did not well, like I him. Feel, I I feel like I just lost my my nerd merit badge because I I should have come up with that. Answer. I couldn't think of it either. I was like, but, no, yeah, yeah. So the dog is growling and gonna jump at Eddie. Hey, a voice called out from the distance. It was Hat, and he was swinging a large stick back and forth, shouting loudly at the dog to get away, and thankfully it retreated and slunk back into the woods. Eddie had been holding his breath for so long, his chest hurt. Just as they leave the tree line, they spot Courtney. She has a dog on either side of her. One is Buttercup, and the other is the big black dog that attacked Eddie. Hey, do these dogs belong to any of you? Charlene calls out excitedly that the St. Bernard is mine, and she thanks Courtney for finding him. Courtney is enamored with the big black dog as she leans down to give its nose a kiss, and that is when Eddie gives up. Courtney is invincible. There is no way she can be scared, and it was time to admit defeat. She's not scared. I mean, there's some kids who just have no fear. There are some kids with no fear at all. And I'm just like, I don't care. You know, that's that's how I picture her. You know, like, just no fear. My my youngest is like that with most things. Roller coasters and, mm-hmm. um, oh, Christ on a cross. We went to this <laughs> pumpkin patch when she was, like, two or three years old. And they had one of those, like, gunny sack slides. Do you know oh, what those yeah, are? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, it's it's a big, like... <laughs> slide that people make where it's it's hard to explain there's like plastic sheeting Mm -hmm. um that goes down like a ramp and you sit in like a what like is like a gunny sack or a potato sack it's like you sit on the sack and then you wee you push off and go down the slide (laughs) they're basically really dangerous (laughs) they really are they really are but i took my three-year-old on it (laughs) and um you know she was gonna ride with me so like i you know i had her hand and i we're at the top of the slide and she's seeing all these people go down the slide and I let go of her hand to put the sack down so I could sit on it and then pull her on my lap. And the second I let go of her hand, she goes, wee, and she oh jumps my God. and starts to slide down oh. on her butt. Oh now, my God. <laughs> we are very fortunate. She was wearing these like woolen tights that like assisted her in sliding because otherwise it would have just stopped and she would have gone like ass over teacups the whole way down and like probably died 
Yeah. But like, seriously, like zero fear from this child. I mean, the slides are high up. Yeah, they're, I don't, I've, I've never been on one of those. They freak me out. And like someone Yeah, no, my three-year-old decided not to wait for me. And she got up at the bottom and she was laughing and she was like, come on, that's great. (laughs) No fear. Few days have passed and the gang is hanging out at Charlene's a few days later. They are back at the drawing board for how to scare Courtney. So much for giving up. We're back to it. Kids need a hobby. (laughs) Right. We're almost dead. (laughs) Eddie and Hat. I know. Eddie and Hat want to give up, but the girls now think there must be something they can do. We have to scare Courtney at night. Everything is scarier at night. Later on in a police interrogation room, <laughs> like all the kids are going to be like, I don't know how we got here. I know yeah. how you got here. Each morning, the kids sit around with Mr. Melvin. This morning's topic is monsters and how they were created to help people believe that the real world isn't as scary as the things they dream up. Mr. Melvin goes on to say that while there are countless legends and stories, nobody has been able to prove that monsters exist. That's not true, Courtney interrupts. She always speaks without raising her hand and doesn't care who she talks over. And she tells the class that her uncle is a scientist and he told her about the photos of the Loch Ness Monster and the footprints of Bigfoot. Mr. Melvin tries to tell her that that isn't exactly proof but he can't get a word in. Courtney insists that monsters are real, but people are too afraid to admit that they believe. So he asks the class if anyone else believes in monsters, and a few raise their hands. Suddenly, it dawns on Eddie. Courtney believes in monsters. Monsters in the dark at night. He was forming the perfect plan. She's like, what are those people? Cryptozoologists. Yeah. I was going to say, she's about mm-hmm. to like roll footage of the Patterson Gimlin <laughs> film. She's uh-huh. going to, you know, point out like there's clearly a butt crack here. And, <laughs> yeah. No, I love all that shit. I, I know. Me the, too. I love, I love it. all the cryptos. Um, Astonishing Legends podcast does a good, Yes. Uh, I listened to some of it. A good job of mm-hmm. like deep diving on the deep cryptos. Dive, yeah. I love it. I was driving my family crazy because at the beginning of the coronavirus stuff, um, West Virginia still hadn't had any cases. And I was like, the Mothman is saving them. And they're like, and they're like, you're so stupid. And I'm like, I'm telling you, why are they safe? Why are they fine? It's the Mothman. (laughs) We're at home and Eddie is asking Kevin for his help, but he has refused. So he called over Hat, Molly, and Charlene to beg him to help them. You want me and my friends to get into our mud monster costumes and scare some girl in the woods. Not just some girl, it's Courtney, Eddie says impatiently. Charlene tells Kevin that she has been asking for this and deserves to be scared, but Kevin won't budge. The video is finished and he doesn't want to get back into that drippy, gross costume. Kevin wants to know what's in it for him. And Eddie offers everything under the sun, all of his chores, mowing the lawn, cleaning his room. They settle on a month of total servitude. A month is a long time, but Eddie knows it will be worth it. 
when do you want the mud monsters to appear? Tomorrow night, the group says in unison. Nobody really knows how the legend of the mud monsters at Muddy Creek got started. So now we're going to do something a little bit different. And I'm going to read directly from the book for you, The Legend of the Mud Monsters of Muddy Creek. Because it's pretty cool. And I thought it was kind of an important part of the story because this is the whole book is about mud monsters. Some early settlers of our town were too poor to build houses. So they set up little huts in the woods along the banks of Muddy Creek. The creek was much bigger then, much deeper and wider. It wasn't just a muddy trickle of water the way it is today. The people were poor and hardworking, and pretty soon they built an entire village of huts along the creek. But the people in town looked down on them. They refused to help them in any way. The town officials refused to share the city water supply with the Muddy Creek people. The store owners refused to let them buy anything on credit. Many of the creek people were going hungry. Many of them were sick. But the town refused to help. This all happened over 100 years ago, maybe even more. One night, there was a terrible rainstorm, pouring rains and hurricane winds. Before the creek people could run to safety, the creek rose up. The muddy banks towered up like a tidal wave, a tidal wave of heavy black mud. The mud swept over the village. It buried all of the huts and all of the people. Like lava from a volcano, it buried everything beneath it. The next morning, there was nothing left of the village. The creek rolled by high on its muddy banks. The woods were silent and empty. The village and all the people were gone. Only not completely. According to the legend, once a year when the moon is full, the villagers rise up from the mud. They're monsters now, half dead and half alive. They're mud monsters. And once a year, the mud monsters pull themselves up from their muddy graves to dance in the moonlight and to seek revenge on the townspeople who refused to help them. So I thought that was pretty cool. Give us that at the beginning. (laughs) And then on a tree, all that was carved into the tree was Croatoan. Right, Croatoan. So that's the legend. And of course it's not true, but it's a great story that scared a lot of kids. And now on Sunday, it would be used to scare the unflappable Courtney. It's just after seven, and Kevin is pulling, putting the finishing touches on his disgusting makeup. He looks gross. Eddie had been running around doing servant work all day, and he was about to head to Molly's to do the one last thing. Get Courtney to the woods. Molly and Eddie are in her kitchen. Molly heads upstairs to call Courtney. And at first, she's surprised to hear her voice because they aren't friends. Molly tells her that she heard on the radio that tonight the mud monsters will be rising up out of Muddy Creek. It's the full moon and she could finally have proof of monsters being real. 
Courtney is skeptical and tells Molly that she should go and she can fill her in at school tomorrow. But Molly keeps on pushing. Well, I guess if you're too scared. I just thought you'd be interested since you said you liked monsters. What did you say? Courtney's voice is so high only a dog could hear. I am not scared of any mud monsters, Molly. Meet me there in 10 minutes. And Courtney is Marty McFly. (laughs) The air was cold and damp as Molly and Eddie made their way to Muddy Creek. They are both so excited that tonight was the night. Courtney was finally going to be scared. Charlene and Hat are waiting for them at the edge of the woods, and they have already seen Courtney, who brought Denise, but nobody had seen Kevin and his friends. As they are talking, the forest brightens as the wind pushes the clouds away to reveal the bright full moon. Eddie was starting to lose it. He was hearing sounds all around him, moans and creaks and leaves and animals, but he had to keep it together. The treehouse is in view, and they take their places behind some tall weeds. Courtney and Denise are placed at the treehouse with binoculars, a flashlight, and even a camera. The perfect scientists. Time is passing, and there is no sign of Kevin and his friends. Where are they? And then he sees something moving behind the treehouse at the edge of the creek. Eddie grabs Hat's sleeve and whispers, Look! But he saw them. They all saw them. The figure looked as though it was pulling itself out of the mud and making its way toward the treehouse. First there was one, then there were three. The three mud monsters. Kevin and his friends looked great. Faces covered in mud, their clothes looked tattered and decayed but Courtney and Denise were facing the wrong way. Eddie is silently urging them to turn around and scream their heads off. Just turn around. Pat, Molly, and Charlene are watching the show intently. Mouths open, eyes wide, all waiting for their victims to see what was behind them. Then Eddie hears cracking twigs and the scraping of shoes against the dirt. There were low whispers and Eddie sees three more mud monsters. He tries to scream, but nothing comes out. Hat, Molly, and Charlene all spin around. Kevin? Sorry, punk. We had a flat tire. He asks if they are too late, but Eddie can't reply. He turns back to face the treehouse, and the three mud monsters are still staggering forward, mud dripping out of their hollow eyes and mouths. Then there were more of them, dozens more. Arms were poking up from the mud in all directions, pulling themselves up and slapping their bare feet against the mud as they walked. Skinny, scraggly, and twisted bodies lurching toward the treehouse. Dozens and dozens are rising up from the ground and toward the two girls who still haven't noticed what is coming for them. Run! Eddie screams and jumps from his hiding place. Screaming for Courtney and Denise to just run and run. They pause, then finally sees the mud monsters that surround them. Courtney's screams fill the entire forest. Their big moment had turned into a living nightmare. 
Pat, Molly, Charlene, Eddie, and Kevin were all screaming, running away in terror, running from the mud monsters and a night he knew they would never forget. That was two weeks ago. The horror is over and behind them, but they all really don't like to leave the house much anymore. All of them have changed since that night. They have become a lot more tense and nervous. Everyone changed except for Courtney. Courtney has been bragging about that night and that she had the proof that the monsters were real because she saw them. Basically, she's worse than ever. Pat, Molly, Charlene, and Eddie would still really like to give Courtney the scare of her life, but they can't. They're just too scared. That's a real slow burn. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> 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 it was such a good ending, though, but it was like, a long time to get there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, that's such a good visual and the, the legend is good. Yeah. And, um, the idea of these kids like scaring their friend is good. I just, I wish we would have had that like towards the middle or the mm-hmm. beginning. But it was good. Know. Like I enjoyed it once I got through it, but it was a slow yeah. burn. Yeah, and that's why it's a slow burn. Yeah, that's why I was like, I think I should read the legend because it is so good and so powerful. And I was like, that's super powerful, but like it takes so long to get there. Because he talks about the legend like right off the bat. He's like, there's a legend about these things. And you're like, okay. And then, but he doesn't go any further away in the beginning. But it was, I'm still Team Courtney. Still Team Courtney. Yeah, I am too. Like, I, I, and I feel like the thing with the bees was so out of character for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only time she was ever kind of a snot, ever kind of like, hey, you know. But again, it's sixth grade. Everyone is kind of a snot, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's all about, it's pecking order. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's you're always one-upping everybody and, uh, right. yeah. But there is nothing... But- in the book that ever said she was this horrible person. Nothing really ever gave me that Yeah, but I, I don't think it's about her. I think it's truly about Eddie. I think it's about him, like, being, like, this little mini cult leader. Because, <laughs> um, like, I, I get it. Like, kids do shit, and they do mm-hmm. shit that's cruel, and they do it because right. they're bored. But, you know, eventually, usually in a group that size, like, you've got at least one person that's like, yeah, let's do something else. But they just all go along. Like, they always do come back to this thing that he's obsessed with. Just ask her out. (laughs) Like, she's not going to say yes, but, you know, get it out of your system. And she is described as having blonde hair and blue eyes. So she's, like, the pretty one, you know, probably in the class. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But overall, it had a really powerful, good ending. So I was... It really it did. It was it mm-hmm. was not bad. Like I was ready to hate it. Mm-hmm. I was all set. <laughs> um, but I don't. It, it's just a really slow burn. Yes. I Are you getting it. to the end of your lot of books? No, I still have a good chunk left. I'll be good for okay. the next few. Yeah, mm-hmm. give me a heads up because because yeah. I've seen a couple of lots come up that oh, were okay. combined. 
of like Fear Street and Goosebumps. Oh, mm-hmm. So like I can get one of those and then just send you the Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Well, when we uh, talk about getting these lots of books, that is money that comes directly from our Patreon, from our yes. patrons who help us run the show and keep the show going and goes for stuff like that for buying books for the store and for the store books for the (laughs) show and you know like our subscription for sound effects and music and things of that nature um so if you'd like to support the show if you'd like to help us raise money for danielle's new microphone uh, we we absolutely invite you to do that you can go to patreon.com backslash snacks with stein and it'll pull us up and you can um, contribute for as little as like $2 a month. And that doesn't seem like very much, but when we have a bunch of people that give $2 a month, that kind of makes it so we get to do this for free. So yeah. So if you're able to, I mean, I know things suck right now, but um, please go and do that. If you're not able to, another way that you can support us without opening your wallet at all is to just, leave us a review, drop us a review wherever you listen. Or if you would like to review us on Facebook, please do so. We are only interested in five-star reviews. We are not interested in (laughs) anything else. Nothing. Uh, Anything else you need to tell us, you just go ahead and keep it to yourself. (laughs) And when you have your own podcast, maybe you'll understand. Yeah. This brings us to the end of this episode. And on our next episode, we are heading back to the Point Horror Universe. For blind date. Yeah. We have a lot of point horror fans in our yes. in our group that come from a larger group specific for point horror. So I'm going to give them a tribute, give them a shout out because blind date is a classic point horror. Oh, nice. I'm excited. But until next time, we are out. Like the Disney cast members.